Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from LFBI and across the Living Faith Fellowship. And every week we come together with the intention of edifying you in your faith. Uh, We talk about a wide array of topics that go from uh, ministry to theology to history. And uh, it's always a good time. We invite all different kinds of people onto the show. This week, we're going to be talking about spiritual authority. Uh, People don't love talking about authority, especially in our In our culture today, authority is almost like a bad word. Uh, But in the church, it's a critical thing. And in life, it's a critical thing. And so we're going to be having that conversation today with James Fife, who is the pastor, uh, one of the pastors of missions here at Midtown Baptist Temple. But also he's a professor of missiology at LFBI. And so you might be familiar with him and you may have seen him in uh, previous classes or if you take a missions class here uh, at LFBI. But uh, we're going to be talking about spiritual authority, and I'm really looking forward to it. So, James, good to have you on the show, man. Thanks, Brandon. It's good to be here. So the reason I invited you to do this episode, I could have asked anybody to come and talk with me about spiritual authority, anybody yeah. that's in the church, anybody that's, you know, has a walk with the Lord, you know, but mm-hmm. you have had many different authorities over time. I mean, Mm -hmm. you've been a part of several different churches. You were on the mission field. You had authorities on the mission field. You've come back from the mission field. You have an associate pastor role here at the church. And then the submission structures are weird for you. You're like kind of in between. You play like a utility role here at the church. And I feel Mm -hmm. like over time in, in your walk, you've had a lot of different responsibilities. And it's caused you to have to have a, you know, a good perspective on authority in your life. Yeah. And so I don't, does that make sense? Do you feel that way? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it would be easy just to grab a senior pastor, but I am in a different boat. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it does lend a little bit of a, not a different perspective, but a different experience, at least. I, th- yeah. I hope the perspective is still biblical. Yeah. It's like, if I think if it w- you were a head pastor, everybody mm-hmm. would be like, of course, this guy's about spiritual authority. Right. Because everybody at his church answers to him. It or, benefits you, know. you. Right. Yeah. And there could be a cynical perspective, but mm-hmm. I think this way, um, we're going to hear from somebody who's played lots of different roles. People do submit to you in ministry and you mm-hmm. submit to people. And, and, uh, and that way, I think it's, it's, a, it's a good topic for us to talk about. Yeah. So I do want to start with the broadest question I could possibly ask. And that is, what is spiritual authority? It's a word that gets banded around. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if everyone understands what that means when we say that word. Yeah. When you look at Jesus, Luke chapter 4, verse 36, they were all amazed and spake among themselves saying, what a word is this? For with authority and power, he commanded the unclean spirits and they come out. So it's the word of God that has authority. You see that practically in in creation. You see that practically again in, in Jesus's life. From the very beginning, God's creation shows his, obviously his power, but it also shows his authority, right? Because the earth obeyed and and it came into existence when he told it to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the waves go only as far as God tells them to. You know, the, the trees make fruit like God commanded them to. The sun stood still when God told it to. And the ravens, they brought food to Elijah when he told them to. And mm-hmm. and the she-bears went and attacked 42 kids when God told them yeah. to. And right. Whatever, you know, so throughout creation, it's not just God's power, it's God's authority mm-hmm. on display. Deuteronomy 4, 39 and 40, I'll read that to you. Know therefore this day and consider it in thine heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath, there is none else. So it's establishing the the supremacy of God. Mm -hmm. And then it follows up by saying, thou shalt therefore keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee this day. So it goes immediately into the idea of obedience. When you hear me speak, you do what I say, because I am supreme, which I have commanded thee this day, that, that, that it may go well with thee. And he talks about, you know, good and bad consequence. And it's an idea that comes up, you know, throughout scripture that God is the ultimate and final authority. You know, Moses hit the rock when he was told to speak to the rock. Right. God directly told him this. And so God is that the the ultimate spiritual authority, God speaking to Moses. But Moses chose not to do that, mm-hmm. right? He chose not to, to follow exactly what God said. So he goes and he hits the rock instead of speaking to the rock. So he just took the authority back. And because of that, you know, there were consequences. He doesn't go into the land. Joshua takes over. And uh, it, it's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah. And so I think for most of us, we all would agree as believers, as Christians, at least intellectually, even if it's not always practiced in our life, that God is the ultimate authority. 
yeah. and that we ought to submit to him uh, and that he deserves that kind of respect and reverence and uh, even fear. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes it's the point where that authority gets delegated to men and even women of God in ministry mm-hmm. and to the elders or even just to just authorities in our life, of course, but, but we're talking about spiritual authority. So within the church context. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm thinking about the Moses example. God gave Moses the responsibility. There was a delegation of authority to Moses yeah. himself. And, uh, and that kind of thing is absolutely critical to have an understanding uh, about. So you brought up the idea of delegating authority, mm-hmm. which is going to be a really important part of this discussion. If you go back to the, to the garden, you know, very early on, God is talking to, to Adam and he gives them, you know, the, 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 the rule over the everything, right. We're all of creation. But then he does something interesting where he, he's looking for a mate and he brings all the animals to Adam and says, you name them. And, it, and then it follows up by saying, and whatever he called them, that was their name, yeah. right? To that right. effect. And right there is the first time you see God delegating authority. Yep. He's giving Adam the opportunity to make to make the call. Mm-hmm. And whatever call Adam made, it stood. Like right. it didn't matter if platypus didn't like being called platypus. Right. Like platypus, you just got to deal with it. Yeah. And I even don't know if God, how that word he, translates all the way back then, but. It's and a, even if God thought it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He gave that responsibility to Adam. Right. Right. He could have easily named all the animals. Right. But he wanted Adam to, to take part in his work and in his mission. Yeah. Yeah. And so the key there is that, you know, outside of God, all other authority is delegated authority. Mm-hmm. And when we forget that and we think that we actually have some innate authority in and because of who we are, because of our position. Yeah, a title or something. Right. Then we're going to end up out of bounds with our authority. And maybe it starts subtly, and, but it will lead into bigger areas. So all authority is delegated authority. It comes from God. Mm-hmm. Or, and we can come back to this, or it's stolen. Yeah, right. If it's not directly delegated. Yeah. So let's let's camp there for a second, because I think this is absolutely critical. And it's something we should hit on is the idea that there is there are two sides of this conversation. That's the, the person in authority that's been delegated that responsibility, but then there's also the responsibility of the person who's under authority. And if you are the person in a given situation, in a certain context, who does have the authority, there is a lot of very, very important um, things to consider, and it requires a lot of humility and brokenness mm-hmm. in order to be the servant leader that God has called us to be not everyone is good at leading because oftentimes we find ourselves very impressed with ourselves. And then that's right. where that's where things begin to break down. And so maybe talk about the responsibilities of a leader first. We can just start there. What kind of responsibilities does a pastor, for example, hold uh, or even just an elder within the church? Mm-hmm. And why is it so important that they approach that responsibility with uh, you know lowliness and faith? Yeah. Okay, so you start with that idea that we already hit, that the ultimate authority is God, and then practically that shakes down to the ultimate authority on earth is God's word. Mm-hmm. He left us his word, and that becomes the ultimate authority, just as the the living word, John 1, was on earth. The spoken word of Jesus had that authority, and then he left us the written word. So we have the written word. So in terms of, again, being a, you know, a pastor or an elder or even uh, a Bible study leader or a yeah. discipler or a father, you know, mm-hmm. all of these are... Uh, are roles that hold an authority. When we try to to maneuver the just the the relationships that come in that authority without first being grounded in the word and having a relationship to the word, then our authority is likely to end up out of bounds. Yeah. Again, so you have to start there. Uh, you know, Jesus was, of course, the the brightness and and express image of God, but uh, he upholds all things by the word of his power, mm-hmm. and so his word will uphold and maintain our right relationships in terms uh, of authority as well. Uh, But you mentioned humility. You mentioned the idea of being a servant leader, right? So our authority has to to run through God and through his word. And I I have to know that, you know, as a leader, Mm -hmm. again, that I don't don't have the right to really declare anything, except I declare, yea, hath God said. Yeah. You've got your marching orders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, is you know is a simple summary mm-hmm. uh, of what Paul was had told us, and that's the same idea for for every leader. Like I have no 
right to express authority except I am first following Christ. Yeah. Yeah. At every step. Like, I can't make any kind of declaration or claim or ask anything of anyone if I'm not first making sure that I'm following Christ mm -hmm. and asking you to follow me through that. Yeah. And you know, as a pastor, um, or anybody, again, anybody in a leadership uh, position, even if it's at the Bible mm -hmm. study level, for instance, um, that doesn't give you, you know, unlimited authority because we because we submit to God's word and we we mm -hmm. an, we answer to the Lord. He will judge us for our leadership. Mm -hmm. That's that that much is sure, right? Like that we're going to stand before Christ one day and answer for those that mm -hmm. we had oversight of. Yeah, there's no way around that. Uh, but so many men and women lose track of that, and they find themselves, you know exercising uh, maybe authority that God never gave them. Mm -hmm. How do you avoid that? I mean, what does it look like for someone who's coming up in leadership? You know, I'm thinking about our Bible Institute. I'm thinking about so many of the growing leaders that we have in the Bible school that are in local churches all over the U.S., all over the world, mm -hmm. who are growing in their knowledge of God's word, and they're giving being given new responsibilities in the ministry. Mm -hmm. Every one of us will at some point struggle with a big head Mm -hmm. And with demanding things of people that fall outside the bounds of what God expects. And so how do you, what do you do in your life in order to avoid that kind of leadership? Yeah. So you talked about a few minutes ago, servant leadership, being, mm -hmm. being first humble. We have a principle here at Midtown uh, that we are servant leaders. And we try to instill that from, you know, from day one uh, of your spiritual walk. That is, you're coming up, that, that we're servant leaders. And then we try to model that as pastors too, mm -hmm. right? So that none of us are getting uh, to a place where we have a big head and we think that we're above any type of authority or the ability to serve someone else. So for example, I'm older than you, mm -hmm. right? Biologically. I got saved before you. Mm -hmm. So I'm older than you, like spiritually. I was ordained before you, mm -hmm. right? So I've, you know, I'm in, I've been in, the, in every way. Like I'm older, I'm spiritually older, older, I was ordained ahead of you. So, you know, I have authority if, if you wanted to claim that uh, through all of those things, which you don't really. But that doesn't mean anything. Right. Right. What, what my point is, is that I am willingly glad to humble myself and serve you so long as you are uh, in line with, with Sam and the mission of this church and, and Sam is in line with what the word of God says. Mm -hmm. Like none of that matters. Right. And sometimes we think those things do matter. Like yeah. I've been at this longer or I'm older and we have all, so we, we think all of these things that actually don't matter start to play into the equation. There's no equation except God gives authority and yeah. you uh, have been given some and you know the boundaries and you can submit to it or you can start to steal Again, steal authority right. out of other places. Yeah. And it's interesting because we do kind of invent arbitrary expectations mm -hmm. that we hold people to. And I think that's one of the biggest dangers is that as a leader, when um, you're convinced that the people that you oversee or that you shepherd somehow belong to you and that you're not an under shepherd, right. then you begin to hold people to expectations that are unbiblical and they fall under your mandates. These are inventions that you know, this is where legalism comes from, right? Yeah. Is is men just declaring that things have to be done their way and they lose sight of the fact that that actually they're just a servant as well. Yeah, so we lose track of the fact that as a shepherd, we give an account for the sheep mm -hmm. and we give an account for our shepherding. Uh, that as a watchman, we give an account for our the way that we fulfilled that role mm -hmm. of watching, of, of sounding the trumpet, of, of not sounding the trumpet, of letting the people know. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. I am I am here to serve at the pleasure of the king. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Period. And, and with that, I think what you mentioned earlier is like this principle that we hold to that that our leaders are servant leaders, and and just in terms of practical lifestyle, there are things that we ought to be doing as leaders that exemplify that we are also you know under submission to an authority. And so mm -hmm. when there's a cleaning day, well, you know participate we participate yeah. and there's you know we've got the building down the street that we're working on and there's a lot of demo and there's a lot of you know at every opportunity mm -hmm. you also put your hand to the plow and mm -hmm. you make sure that you're communicating with your life that there there may be a difference in title but in terms of who we serve and what we do there is mm -hmm. no difference we're all servants yeah and i think that's exactly what 
uh, well, what God intended, mm -hmm. and then it's been a, a very big part of Sam's heart, is that we shoulder the burden together, mm -hmm. right? And so there is a, a structure that God designed within the church. Uh, going back to the idea of authority on earth, we said that it is you know, the word of God, uh, but God also delegated authority into the church. Yeah. You know, in Colossians chapter one, you see Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, mm -hmm. right? And so he has the ability to to in, to endow the church with with authority as well. And we could talk through that in a lot of different sure, yeah. places and ways. But the heart is, uh, yeah, that 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 we are in in you know a lot of practical ways standing next to each other, saying, "I'm a part of the mission. You're a part of the mission. We're a part of this mission together." Yeah. When it comes time for uh, to reprove, rebuke, exhort, uh, those types of things. Yeah. Then there's some authority that needs to come into play. But when it comes time to uh, just, yeah, like you said, let's clean the church. Right. I'm not exempt from that because I have a, a title that's different than somebody else. Right. In fact, I should be a leader in that. Mm -hmm. I should be willing to serve because I'm not serving, um, you know, necessarily any one weaker body member. I'm serving the, the bride of Christ. Right. Yeah. And and you know to to Paul's point in First Corinthians, there's no there's no part of the body that ought to be more comely than another, right? That that each if a body is fitly joined together, mm -hmm. that means that each part holds its own value and merit uh, and equity before the living God. Not yeah. not every role is the same, but everything is equally as important in the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. And uh, and understanding that is important, especially as a leader. You can never forget that. Because you can, if you read your own press, right? Um, if you if you take too many pats on the back, and if you you contemplate too long on on how special you are, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to end up um, causing division, and most importantly, you're not your life is not going to please the Lord. Exactly. Your ministry cannot be blessed if yeah. if you're living and acting and thinking that way. Yeah, we've been talking about spiritual authority from the the position of authority. Yeah. But let's also talk about it from the position of submission, because again, every person will have opportunities to have mm -hmm. authority or position of 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 leadership, mm -hmm. and then there will be times in which you follow, you get in line, and and you follow, and and you submit to someone else. We used to hang out when we were young. Mm -hmm. we've, we've been friends for a really long time. Yeah, uh, we've had a re rebellious streak. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> We were okay. Okay, Let, okay. We I'll were, go along with it. Let's, go ahead. I'll put it this way: we were unconventional in yes. our methods on almost everything. Okay, even ministry. Yeah. And at times, I think that we, just like most young people, I think at times we thought that we knew better, which is common. And some people, I, I, I pray to God that we outgrew that. It seems as though in some ways we did, maybe not in every way. Mm -hmm. But, but we're growing. But there are some people that never outgrow that perspective, no matter how old they get. Mm -hmm. They're convinced that they know better and that decisions that authorities make in their life um, actually somehow don't apply to them because they, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they have, they have all the answers. They hold all the keys, you know, in right. their mind. And so in terms of a person that submits to authority, what are some things that we ought to know? I mean, what's the, what's the perspective there biblically? The Bible characterizes this time period as Laodicea, right? And, mm -hmm. and uh, we've been living in that for, for a hundred years or whatever, yeah, right? Um, but that means is is the 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 rights of the people, yeah, right? So uh, the way that God sees you know the church, and I think ultimately this whole time period, I think this church is largely influenced by the world around it too, is that. We are obsessed with the idea of, uh, of our own, you know, justice or our own rights, mm -hmm. which naturally leads us down a road um, that that would be rebellious to authority, mm -hmm. right? And so you do see some of that uh, in the church now. So, for example, the idea of Laodicea is that we're spiritual, not religious, mm -hmm. right? You hear that in the world, yeah. uh, but it's in the church too. And really, uh, all that is is moral relativism in sheep's clothing, mm -hmm. right? Because if I'm spiritual and not religious, what am I doing? Well, what I'm really saying is I want to take out the the structure and the regiment, maybe the, the authority that comes yeah. with a religion, mm -hmm. and I want to shift it towards a spirituality. Mm -hmm. And what does that really mean? Well, that means I found my way to, you know, ascend, 
right. or achieve something. Uh, I've become, you know, the spiritual being by the means of of my own choosing. Mm-hmm. So who's your authority? Well, you become your own authority. Yeah. And so that is, uh, you know, kind of the way that God looks at our current age. And so this is this is marked markedly true, you know, broad brush across the board from God's perspective is that we live in an age where people want to naturally rebel against authority yeah, and want to make themselves the own authority. Whatever works for you is also fine. Like you could become equally as spiritual as me mm-hmm. um, by any means that you choose and that'll be good. Right. Well, then there is no authority yeah. except self-authority. Yeah. That's not how God set it up. Right. I mean, there are truths. They're absolute. Um, we see it in our natural law, right? But we right. see it in God's word. And we see it in the way in which he purposed to structure the church. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of Christians today. I, I, you and I are at the age where it was like real popular among people, you know, from from our you know background to say, I'm a follower of Christ, but I don't believe in organized religion. Yeah. Or I no longer believe in the local church. Mm-hmm. And that that that's caught a lot of steam. And now it's just kind of part of, cultural lifestyle among Christians who don't mm-hmm. want to submit. They just, they don't want to submit anymore. They don't want to answer. Maybe they let, got let down by somebody or whatever, you know, there's yeah. a lot of different reasons and no one wants to, no one wants to take that away from anyone. Mm-hmm. But ultimately there is something that God gave us that is structural. Mm-hmm. And it does require saying, I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers, but you're leading and I believe the Lord and I'm going to follow you because I know that's how God built it. Mm-hmm. There's something to that that we've kind of lost. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you just touched on this, like the idea that I can not come to church. Maybe I could just tune in online mm-hmm. and I can still be part of the body. It's it's akin to say it's the, the I'm spiritual and not religious. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, I actually don't have to follow the authority that God clearly uh, invested into the church and even again back to the idea of principle and command we have we have clear instruction to forsake not the assembling right like that goes beyond just principle and he's just telling you right and so yeah so well my rights my Mm -hmm. liberty Mm -hmm. so i i can stay home yeah i can watch church from anywhere and i can also jump churches Mm -hmm. like as long as i'm getting something yeah as long as i'm I'm, i enjoy the worship and i Mm -hmm. and i feel if i feel spiritual and i feel happy that things must be going right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's the that becomes the new authority. Yeah. There's the standard. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. Yeah. Because my rights, when when they're being met, then it makes me happy. Right. Yeah. You're and you're only one step away from just saying, nah, I'm just gonna go to the Chiefs games uh, on Sundays instead of church because that's what makes me happy. Like when when happiness rules. Yeah. Yeah. You're ultimately just gonna seek entertainment and and whatever you determine is the most enjoyable. Yeah, and there's a good easy half step because I can catch church asynchronously now. Like yeah. I don't even have to tune in, tune into church live. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can go to the Chiefs game. Yeah, and then I can put church at one and a half speed sure. while I'm falling asleep. Yeah, and like I got church too. Yeah, I yeah. can do it that way. You it's, know, but even in this age, sorry to, to yeah, jump yeah. in on top of you, but you know, the same idea would be the uh, the proliferation of Bibles that we have. Mm-hmm. Right. So my rights. Uh, my justice, well, I can have a Bible that, that kind of caters to that. But when you build that system, then w- what are you doing? Well, you're stripping away final authority mm-hmm. and actually you're returning it to yourself again. Mm-hmm. Like I become the authority yeah. on the Bible. I become the authority on church because I can stay where I want. Mm-hmm. I become the authority on the Bible. Everybody wants the, the power and, and blessing of God in their life or in their ministry. People are less excited about the idea of God's authority in their life and ministry. Mm-hmm. Because if God gets authority ultimately and finally, then I have to give up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's less fun, less sexy, mm-hmm. you know, less desirable, especially in the flesh. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. We're gonna pause right here for just a second so we can hear from one of our students from the Living Faith Bible Institute. 
My name is Havila Ginther. I'm a wife and mother of two little boys. I also teach as an adjunct professor at Longview Community College. And my main ministry here at Midtown Baptist Temple is the college and young adults class. So I serve as a counselor in that class and a discipler. Being an LFBI, the accountability of having uh, weekly quizzes and listening to the lectures initially uh, intimidated me and I felt like I wouldn't be able to manage that along with my other responsibilities, but I found that the accountability of it and the structure has helped me find balance in my home by having those small goals to meet every week. Um, it's a super manageable course load. I know all the big assignments in advance and so I can start those at the beginning of the semester and work on them incrementally throughout the year. Visit lfbi.org to learn more about Living Faith Bible Institute. I'm sure it's probably the same in your house. Um, you know, your kids, at, you know, at various ages and, and, and stages, they, it's like they just keep cycling back into these uh, times where they want to push the borders and mm -hmm. test the limits and, and, and find out exactly kind of what the boundaries are. They're, they're pushing authority. Yeah. And, and we keep revisiting that in my house and we keep bringing them back to, to some principles that guide them. And I think that's important. Yeah. You know, in terms of establishing healthy authority and even spiritual authority, uh, we want to be principle driven mm -hmm. because principles can apply across, you know, multiple scenarios. If yeah. you can grasp a principle uh, instead of just a, a directive, yeah. then you're going to be able to use that. Now, that's hard for a, a six and a seven and an eight-year-old. So you give them more directives. And as mm -hmm. they grow, you bring them into the, the principles and you allow that to guide them. And so we're doing that in our home like all the, all the time. Mm -hmm. And you are too. Um, but as they continue to grow, and the same thing is true with spiritual maturity, as you continue to grow, you know, uh, a, a, an elder in the faith is going to look at someone who's younger in the faith and see the same type of process. And, and sometimes there's a little bit of, um, you know, flesh and sometimes there's a little bit of rebellion that gets into the mix. And, uh, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just a, a curiosity of, you know, what are the limits? Mm -hmm. I want, maybe yeah. I genuinely just want to know. Yeah, out of naivety, you push, you push back or yeah. have a critique or, yeah. And, and so, you know, a wise leader who's, who's been given authority from the Lord also knows how to respond rightly in each of those situations. Mm -hmm. There are some people who are, you know, going to need some correction. There's some who's just going to need a little bit of instruction and redirection, yeah. right? So as our kids grow, ultimately, though, the goal is that they come to a place of maturity where I actually am handing off more and more authority to them, mm -hmm. you know, in a, in a family structure, as, in an individual structure uh, as they grow. And so the same thing is true in terms of how we bring people up in the ministry. Yeah, uh, We may have a lot more uh, involvement and, and hands-on as they're young, and there may be a lot more need for direction and or, or correction. Mm -hmm. And uh, as they begin to get to the place where they can grasp the principles and you start to see them applying those in their own lives, they're able to work out the decisions themselves in such a way that they can make biblical choices while staying submitted to the authority. Mm -hmm. They don't actually have to push the borders right. in order to get to the right conclusion. They can right. stay within the bounds and work through those principles to get the answer. Yeah. And so instead of us coming back and having to, to correct, we can come back and say, hey, well, praise the Lord, look what you just did. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they do it you know, early on, maybe without realizing it. So it's important for us as leaders too, who have authority uh, to be able to come back on, on the backside and recognize when we need to encourage people too. Yeah. And reinforce, you, don't, you didn't even realize this, but you just did this, do you yeah. see that? So you're saying, you know, at least from the leader's perspective, it's important to have grace as it concerns the developmental process yeah. of someone. So if you see that someone is well-intentioned in terms of their faith and their desire, mm -hmm. even when they fail in their ability to follow rightly or uh, when they succeed, you should be encouraging them mm -hmm. um, to continue to move forward. And Because and, I think it, th there is always potential when someone fails in their submission yeah. or fails in some sort of thing that they've been asked to do in their responsibility, there, you know, obviously someone could chastise, rebuke, and 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 make someone feel as though they're incapable. Yeah. But there's a right way of approaching that in terms of the leadership. But so, yeah, go ahead. Just one way that we maybe talk about that or approach that, we, we want to look at situations or people or, or the decisions, are they coming from a position of weakness or a position of wickedness? 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sam has said that, Alan has given us that. And yeah. that's just a very practical way to approach, uh, you know, how people respond or how people are dealing with authority. And sometimes they are dealing with authority just in weakness. They had they didn't know. Mm-hmm. This is an ep- opportunity to educate. Yeah. Sometimes it is driven by weak, uh, wickedness. Yeah. So it's a different response. Yeah, and I, I like what you're saying because it reminds me also of this idea that God wants his word to be written on our heart, mm-hmm. right? And and so what that means is that, um, you know, as we spend time with God uh, face-to-face in his word and in prayer, that his truths are impressed upon us. Mm-hmm. And then it allows us as we move about life and uh, we go this direction and that direction. And as we we struggle and we fail and we pick ourselves up and we when we're looking for ways to follow and serve the Lord, we can function principally because his words are written on our heart. The right. same thing happens in leadership. They're, people are learning. They're, they're learning from their leaders. They're learning the expectations based on God's word. Mm-hmm. They're growing. They're giving, being given more and more responsibility. And, and what we want to see is people who have the right heart towards the ministry and towards God and towards the leaders in their life. If the heart is right, then autonomy and freedom, more liberty can be mm-hmm. extended yeah, exactly. And that's almost right back to where we had started in, mm-hmm. in Deuteronomy 4. You, mm-hmm. know, you look at Deuteronomy 4, 5, and 6, and, and that's what God is laying out for his people, is that I want your my word to be written in your heart and and so much a part of your daily life and your routine that it, 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 it you're consumed by it. And, it, and it, it it's just a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And then out of that flows the blessing uh, when you choose to obey. Yeah. We're mission-minded churches, Living Faith Fellowship. We're LFBI's producing mission-minded individuals, people who are going to go out on the field. Uh, They're going to find themselves, all of us in ministry are going to find ourselves in hardship, times of trial. These are proving grounds, uh, particularly in the area of spiritual authority. Mm -hmm. And um, when you get out on the field, uh, you are going to be challenged in all these ways, whether or not you're willing to submit and to to, um, endure hardship, be a long-suffering person. Uh, but also recognize that that in the mission there are, there is a there is a submission structure. Right. What's the advice that you give to someone who is struggling in the area of submission? Maybe they recognize biblically that they're supposed to f- be following the, their pastor, elder, Bible study leader, discipler, um, and yet they still find themselves in the quietness of their heart, struggling to submit or or agree, right? Uh, as though a, like 100% agreeance is somehow, you know, tied to whether or not you're able to sub, to submit because we don't, we don't always agree, do we? No. I mean, we don't always agree with Sam even. No, right? not always. Yeah. Yeah. And so what do you do with that? What do you do with that in your heart? What do you do with that in terms of, of the way you think and your perspective? How do you wrestle through that before the Lord? Yeah. So how do I get to a place where I don't have to agree fully yet i can still submit mm-hmm. well and it comes back to where we again kind of where we were as long as i know that sam is following the lord and is functioning within biblical principle so when when authority gets out of line uh typically then it is uh becomes more self-driven mm-hmm. uh it, it it becomes more for the the person in authority than it does for for god himself uh, and so we can look at that we can look at the things that sam might direct towards us and say, is it? Does this benefit Sam? You know, personally or primarily, or or or, or you know, first above mm-hmm. all else, or is is this really driven to benefit the ministry of the church, the the proliferation of the gospel, the yeah. preaching of the word? And so we keep that again as as a principle that would guide us. Um, uh, and then, yeah, you know, I I just don't have to agree. Yeah, I, I've just come to a place where I've I've decided like I don't have to a hundred percent agree as long as I know that that God is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in this area of, of spiritual authority, you know, I may take a slightly different approach when I'm, I'm an educator uh, and, and maybe in, in the university when I don't agree with some of the things that maybe the way a direction of class is going, then. Or even the uh, philosophy the, of the school sometimes. Yeah, you yeah. know, I'm, I might say my piece and then at the end of the day, I get to decide, do I want to keep working uh, and be on board with them or not? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's the same there. And and we have the freedom. I think this is one thing we we both value here with Sam is that we do have this the freedom to speak. Yeah. You know, Sam is not a dictator type of, of a leader. And if you have a dictator as an authority, that's a maybe a good sign that you have an authority that uh, is not 
submitted to the final authority of right. the Lord. He has, mm -hmm. has usurped and has stolen that authority and think, thinks it belongs to him. So, you know, none of us are expected to, to be yes men. Right. A, another good warning. If, if your leader doesn't take input, if you're expected to agree and support him in everything, that, that's a warning sign. Mm -hmm. So we have a voice and we're allowed to say, hey, here's what I think. And Sam will feed back on that. And there have been many times where Sam will say, at the end of the day, uh, this is what we as a church are doing or we as a pastoral yeah. team are doing. Yeah. And I'm able to say, I see where I see how God is in this. Mm -hmm. So I can let go. Yeah. Like I don't I don't need that pride and personal power of I don't know, yeah. getting in the way. Right. You know, people disagree on lots of things with their mm -hmm. pastor. It could be a minor uh, if it's a major doctrinal issue then maybe you know that's not the right church for you and you can go find mm -hmm. another place to submit. But if it's a minor thing in scripture, if it's peripheral in nature, sometimes we'll, people will make a, a mountain out of a molehill and they'll al allow, you know, uh, did, did Adam have a belly button uh, to like, de like devastate them. Right. And that'll become this, this huge issue that allows them to not be able to fellowship at that place. And, um, or to, you know, fellowship right. with that pastor or, you know, or it might be even just a, a philosophical difference or a strategic difference of mm -hmm. opinion. All of these things can get in the way if we let them. Mm -hmm. But then again, you have to ask yourself, who is it that I ultimately serve? Right. And if I ultimately serve the Lord, can I not love those that are in authority over me? And I think that's important, mm -hmm. not just can I submit to them? Yeah. But can I love the people that God loves? And can I agree that God put them there? And if yeah. God did put them there, he did it for a reason. And so I have the ability to love them and prefer them and to submit to them and to continue on and let God prove out whatever he needs to prove out. Maybe yeah. someone's opinion needs to change. Yeah. You know, maybe someone's ideas need to change, but let yeah. God do that work and let move forward in faith. Yeah. And I found it that it's often your opinion that needs to change. Mine specifically. Yeah, yeah, specifically. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. No, well, no. you're not. You're not wrong. I don't think. <laughs> no, no, mine. You know, uh, love endureth all things. I mm -hmm. think is is exactly what you're saying, mm -hmm. and it is a, a a joy and a privilege to to serve in a place where we're not we're serve we're serving our brothers. We're, we're serving yeah. people we love. Yeah, these are our comrades. We're not serving yeah. out of. Uh, high, because we have a hierarchy that has set up a standard and because he's paying us enough that it's, you know, it's worth it or, you know, I mean, the church doesn't pay me anything. Uh, some of us here are on staff, some aren't, but um, there is a, a true love for the mission and there's a true love for each other. Mm -hmm. And that helps uh, a lot. So nobody has to flaunt their authority. No. Like you don't have, Sam doesn't have to walk around and say, well, I am the pastor, you know, n nor do you. Yeah. And 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 to, I've heard Sam say this before: is that if he ever has to pull that card, well, things things got derailed a long time ago, right. and that 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 if he's leading the right way, the whole um, "I'm the boss" thing is actually a reflection of his failure to lead, right. because that's not actually shepherds don't grab the sh the sheep by the throat and drag them to where they need to be. They train them with their voice and with their mm -hmm. loving kindness, and and they prove they prove out. Uh, that they have their safety and best interests in mind. That's mm -hmm. the best kind of leading. I mean, at the point that you have to pull that card and, and, and say, I'm the authority, you will submit. That's, that never works. It doesn't work with your wife at home. Right. It doesn't really work with your kids. Uh, it doesn't work, you know, you'll lose your kids that way. You'll provoke yeah. them to wrath. And it doesn't work in the family of God either. Yep. You have to win people's hearts. Yeah, absolutely. Saul tried it. Mm -hmm. uh, he was at war. And then he demanded a, a fast of his soldiers, right? And, he, and it, it was, you read the passage uh, and, it, and it's very, very personal. Yeah. Sam, Saul said, no one's going to eat until I get my vengeance, mm -hmm. you know, something to that effect. And so it was all about his own pride. He was working on his authority, his power. We're going to go and, and, and seek our revenge. And so nobody's eating. Jonathan doesn't hear that right. command and, you know, honey falls and he eats it. 
and he's enlightened and he has the you know the strength coming off the heels of a great victory led by Jonathan. That right. right. The Jonathan, whole thing, Jonathan is, was the catalyst it, to begin with. He's the one who's winning the wars for you. Yeah. Saul's not doing anything compared to what Jonathan had been doing. Right. Right. And uh, you know, essentially he's pulling that well, I'm the boss card. And when it came down to actually to to judgment time, um, the people made it clear that well, you're not. Mm-hmm. You can stand there and pull that card and be like, I'm the king. But all the people, the people are the ones who defended Jonathan. Yeah. They rose up and they're like, yeah. we're not going to kill Jonathan right. today. And here's how far out of bounds just, you know, this idea of kind of taking authority that doesn't belong to us goes. Saul was willing to kill his own son over this dumb vow that he'd made. I'm going to kill my son today. Yeah. And all the people said, put that card away. We don't right. care that you're the king anymore. He's right. not dying. Right. And the, the terrible thing about it is that he didn't see his own weakness or his own uh, failure to lead. He didn't see it. And so he continued to lead that way, mm-hmm. hence making sacrifice in Samuel's place and mm-hmm. the, you know, many, many different situations that we find in First Samuel where Saul keeps stepping in it because yeah. he's concerned about people's perception of him and and whether or not he's leading, you know, and getting and garnering the respect that he deserves or not. Yeah. His reputation was the was the main thing. Right. But the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Right. And so you had asked, uh, you know, made the comment earlier that some pastors overstep their boundaries. And there are. There are a lot of Saul's, mm-hmm. you know, that are like that. But mm-hmm. not all of them. No. Right? Because the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And there's, you know, there's a David out there. Mm-hmm. And in fact, most of the pastors I know. Mm-hmm. It's very rarely that I come across a pastor who is a hothead and full of himself. And you don't really, you don't really get into this, you know, for power and authority and, yeah. you know, not that it can't happen to any man and it is a warning. Uh, but, but I think most of the pastors that I know genuinely love the flock. Mm-hmm. And um, if people could get a glimpse of their pastor's heart for them, then submitting wouldn't actually it wouldn't actually be a big deal. They'd be able to right. let go of whatever it is because so it's so funny. You can minister as a pastor. You can minister to someone for years, meet with them for counseling for hours and hours, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, times of study, times of prayer for them, mentioning them by name. But the moment that they just don't like what's going on, you know, they can flip you the bird, mm-hmm. proverb, you know, proverbially, and and yeah. they 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 just go. They they leave. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. And they don't, if they just only knew the heart that the Lord had for them and the heart that their pastor had for them, that would never be a danger. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. You know, obviously there are some pastors out there who, who have a different perspective, but the ones that we know and the ones that we work with, they, they love their sheep. And mm-hmm. what, what the rebellious sheep don't realize is how much it does hurt the pastor. And they may think mm-hmm. they were a small part of this ministry, but I've, you know, you and I have been in conversations with Sam where, uh, you know, so-and-so is, is, is wandered back off into the world and to see how much that hurts, mm-hmm. uh, him or, you know, the, maybe the specific fellowship pastor, the people that are very closely tied to him. And you go, well, there's 600 others who cares? Well, the shepherd does. Yeah, the shepherd who loves the sheep does because it's not about his own authority. Mm-hmm. It's about this, that God is the the final spiritual authority, and He ultimately is the good shepherd. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm going to follow a shepherd, I got to follow that example. I'm the under shepherd. I got to love like that. Mm-hmm. And if it grieves the Lord, then it ought to grieve the under shepherd's mm-hmm. heart. Which also reminds me of this idea that that just as we're submitted to the Lord. Even God, God Himself, the Triune God, right. is submitted to Himself, right? And so, you know, the Father and the Spirit and the, and and Christ, they all submit um, to one another, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. And even so, even God Himself can picture that that relationship and that kind of submission, yeah. even within him, the the confine of Himself, right? Like it's it's yeah. incredible. And yet it's we cra- struggle. It's a crazy thing. It's cr- absolutely crazy. It's it's hard to fathom. Yeah. But yet we find ourselves down here. We're saying we worship that kind of God, but here we are. I have I have a hard time saying yes mm-hmm. um, in the in the context of ministry. I get riled up and I'm you know I get heated and sweaty and you know it doesn't need to be like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, when Watch, Watchman Nee in his book, Spiritual Authority, he talks about uh, spiritual authority from that perspective. He mm-hmm. says that 
that will represents authority. And therefore to know God's will and to obey it is to be subject to authority. So the basic principle is not to choose the cross, but to obey God's will is what Watchman Nee writes. And he Mm -hmm. goes on to talk about how, uh, you know, it is the very character and nature of God to uh, one, to have authority, um, but also to respect authority. And, for, and from that same example, you see, you see Christ in the garden, uh, let this cup pass from me. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, yeah. I'm going to submit to whatever you say. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a, a crazy idea. And I have a lot of people ask about that. Like, how can God submit? Mm-hmm. How can God you know, be subject to himself? Is he no longer God? Like, does he not have the final authority? Uh, well, he does. He still holds the final authority. And, and it's just the dynamic, the model that he set up to show us that, mm-hmm. that's, that the son being all powerful, all knowing, eternal, everything that God is, the fullness of the Godhead bodily would say your will first. Mm-hmm. So this, you know, this conversation is really important, not because, again, there's no objective from you and I having this conversation. We're not, uh, we're not like trying to subtly communicate to our flock, like, hey, right. rem- don't forget. But I think that that to present both sides of the coin and say, here is how people in authority ought to act. Sometimes yeah. you'll be in authority, and you ought to act the way Christ would act towards His flock yeah. with love. He sacrificed His own life. He gave His own life in order to lead a people. That's how we ought to act. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes you'll find yourself in submission and like a good sheep, you listen to the, the voice of the shepherd and, and you move forward in faith uh, because you're a part of a, of a mission that's bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think seeing both sides of that are important because we will all play, uh, you know, that'll be our role. Both of those roles yeah. will be ours. Oh yeah. So just in terms of, you know, concluding this episode and, and putting a bow on it, I think it's really important for us to be really direct with yeah. our growing leaders and those who are in LFBI, those who might be listening to, to this episode. As a growing leader, what are some things that you ought to consider as you're learning the word of God, uh, as you're learning to function in your local church? What are some tips, uh, spiritual tips, uh, biblical tips that we can give to people who are trying to find their place in ministry mm-hmm. and, and how can they avoid some of the stumbling blocks that we've talked about? Yeah, I would say first be invited in, right? Meaning mm-hmm. that in an industry and in the world, we, we really love the, the go-getter. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we tell people you, you're, you're overly anxious and you're taking uh, and you're getting involved in a lot of stuff. We yeah, if you're, proa- if you're proactive enough, yeah. you'll, get, you'll get the position and you'll get into the inner room yeah. with the people you want to be with. Right, you yeah. work your way there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think in terms of spiritual authority, you don't work your way there. You submit your way there, mm-hmm. right? And so you just continue to demonstrate that you are submitted to whatever is being asked of you. Uh, there will be times where we'll say, yeah, we want to see people, you know, spiritually, maybe take a little initiative, especially mm-hmm. when we start talking about the mission, missions and whatnot. But instead of just going out and trying to take, why don't why don't you just um, be invited in? Mm-hmm. You know, if your, your pastor or your leader comes to you and says, hey, can you do this? And then, you know, on the heels of that, it would be be willing uh, just be willing to be open to to whatever is asked, as mm-hmm. long as it lines up with again biblical authority. You know, when it steps out of bounds, obviously, I think there there is definitely a structure for that, mm-hmm. uh, a protection uh, for for those who are younger. But as you're growing, um, you, you want to stay close to the Word. You got to have a heart that follows solely after the Lord. We mm-hmm. talked about that being the ultimate and final authority. That has to be your final authority in life. And uh, even as you're growing, I think as a young leader, back to the idea of you want you want to lead through principle and you don't want to overstep those bounds. Yeah. I, I do think sometimes we get Bible study leaders or disciplers and, and we become too authoritative in our position. And we start mandating things of people that we really have no place to mandate. Mm-hmm. Like you absolutely can't pursue this educational track right you absolutely should pursue this or yeah do not date joe yeah right now there, there'll be some some guidelines that we should give as a but, young leader. but our opinions can get in the way our opinions can absolutely get in the way yeah. uh and, and and maybe even our experience 
mm-hmm. uh, when we're when we're young and growing in leadership. I know how it went for me. Therefore, that's the right way for you yeah. too. And so you have to take my advice because I know yeah. I know better. Yeah. And maybe maybe the right way for you in terms of step by step isn't actually going to be the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever specifically worked for me may not be specifically what's right for you. Yeah. And I think a young leader needs to give space uh, for that. I think young leaders need to give space also uh, to allow their their sheep to fail. Mm-hmm. At some level, all sheep will fail. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, as you're growing in leadership, learning how to balance, you know, being hurt by that, but at the same time, being able to move forward from that. Because mm-hmm. I think one thing young leaders will struggle with is when when their disciple or their, their, their sheep fail is that they make it a much bigger deal than it is. Well, this just set us back 10 years. Well, yeah, right. Well, it didn't with you. Mm-hmm. So be willing to have the same grace and extend the same grace to others that was extended to you. Yeah. Coming up with, with Sam, you, you would probably agree with this statement that he's extended a lot of grace mm-hmm. uh, to me in yeah. spite of my weaknesses or failures. Right. And yeah. I think that's helped me a lot as a young leader growing up. Well, James, that's really good. Thanks, man. I yeah. really I really appreciate you hanging out. And for us, we've both watched each other grow mm-hmm. as you know, close to peers. You've always been maybe a step ahead of me, like as you were saying earlier, but but close to peers in ministry, working yeah. side by side a lot. And we've both seen each other struggling with like, with the th- very things that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for us, even right now, I mean, it's a really good reminder to me to not forget my own frailty. Mm-hmm. And that once upon a time, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to think about things mm-hmm. and I had to learn. And, um, and the way that God did that in our lives was through submission yeah. to the people that we, that we were called to serve. Yep. Yeah. Well, Dude, thanks. No, thank you. Appreciate it's you. It's always good. It's yeah. fun to be here. And we want to thank you as well for joining us for another episode of The Postscript. And our topic today was spiritual authority. Um, but uh, we offer a class called Servant Leadership. And Servant Leadership deals with this issue of having authority in the church and, and how to respond the way that Christ would. Uh, servant Leadership is an eight-week course where we use the book of Mark and the life of Christ uh, to show us what it looks like to sacrifice and serve the people that we're leading in ministry. It's a class that's that's worth your time. And, and so if you visit lfbi.org, you can see that, that that class is available to be enrolled in for the spring semester. But we love you. We're grateful that you joined us for this episode of the show. And we hope to see you again next week for another episode. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Postscript. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and review in order to help other people find our podcast. If you value this show, please help us continue creating content by supporting Living Faith Bible Institute at lfbi.org support.